Pastor Xavier Reese speaks on the blessings of obedience and the consequences of a stubborn heart. You remember some other guys got thrown in the fire? They were, their hands were bound, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. The fire there could only release their bounds. Why? Because they were obedient. They said, King, if we bow, we will burn. But if we don't bow, we can't ever burn. And they were cast into the fire. And the only thing that was consumed was their bands that held them together. And if they were disobedient, they would have been consumed. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. Don't touch. Danger. High voltage. Warning may cause injury. Except in extreme cases, rules and regulations are meant for our benefit. Well, today, Pastor Xavier takes us back to the Old Testament book of Leviticus as he teaches us about the importance of living in obedience to God and His Word. Leviticus chapter 10. I've entitled the message, Disobedience is Profane Fire to God. Let me read verses 1 through 3. He says, Then Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, each took his censer and put fire in it, put incense on it, and offered profane fire before the Lord, which he had not commanded them. So fire went out from the Lord and devoured them, and they died before the Lord. Then Moses said to Aaron, This is what the Lord spoke, saying, By those who come near me, I must be regarded as holy, and before all the people, I must be glorified. So Aaron held his peace. I want to look at the sin of Aaron's sons. Then we want to look at the sin repeated by people in Scripture. And then we want to finish by looking at the sin practice today. Now, the first thing we want to look at is the nature of their sin. The nature of their sin is disobedience. Isn't that what really sin is? It's a conduct, an attitude, an action contrary to what God has revealed in His Word. Now, some have declared that they attempted to enter the Holy of Holies, and there is some scriptural evidence for that. If you'd like, you can turn to just chapter 16. This is the Day of Atonement, the Day of Yom Kippur, once a year, where the priest would go into the Holy of Holies after many washings, many sacrifices, to offer the sins of the nation, and the two scapego one scapegoat would be uh, let loose, the other one would be killed. And notice what he says, Now the Lord spoke to Moses after the death of the two sons of Aaron, when they offered profane fire before the Lord and died. Here's the connection. It's very clear. And the Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron, Aaron your brother, not to come at simply any time into the holy place inside the veil before the mercy seat which is on the ark, lest he die, for I will appear in the cloud above the mercy seat. And so there is scriptural evidence that maybe they did try to go into the Holy of Holies. At least this would give us a scriptural basis for that speculation or opinion. That's a possibility. Others say that they offered the fire at the wrong time. Because remember, God has spent meticulous time giving all the instructions so they do it exactly right. In the first sacrifice, they blow it. It could be, but we don't have any scriptural evidence for that. So that's just man's opinion. 
But notice that their sin was that they offered profane fire. That's another thing we know in verse 1 of chapter 10. Nadab and Abihu had deviated from the prescribed manner of worship God had commanded them. Obedience is the key word in chapters 8, 9, and 10. These three chapters are the priestly chapters. God desires your obedience and mine more than anything else. He doesn't care about your sacrifice. He doesn't care about your works. He doesn't care about anything except your obedience to the revealed will of God. The thing that's on your lap right now, that book with all those pages, with all those words, that's what he wants you to be obedient to. The failure of their sin is said to be twofold. In verse 3, it's given to us right there. One, they did not regard God as holy by their actions. By those who come near me, I must be regarded as holy. By their actions, they did not regard God as holy. Eighty-three times the word holy appears in the book of Leviticus. You get the message? Eighty-three times. Here it's specified. They did not regard God as holy by this action. Two, they didn't regard God's glory by their attitude. The attitude. And before all the people, I must be glorified. These guys were trying to rob. That's what the scriptures tell us. They were trying to bring the attention to them. How easy it is for people to want to get the glory for themselves, especially in the pulpit, especially as teachers, especially in ministry when you're out front. You start doing little things so people say, my, isn't he anointed? Hey, you give God the glory. I don't want to be barbecued. You give God glory. Here their sin is specified. They didn't honor the prescribed manner of worship, but they entered into, listen, will worship. I will worship the way I want to, and he has to accept it. Isn't that what we say when we disobey? I know that's wrong, but I'm going to do it anyway. God will accept me. Oh, you think so? God will not accept you. God will not accept me. Well, I made an altar call. So what? If you're not worshiping God the way he's prescribed in the scripture, he does not honor you. He will not accept you. You must stay on track. You must obey his revelation. Now, the consequences of their sin was death. Verse 2. Their death was God's direct judgment. Not an accident. For look at their tunics were miraculously held together. They were not burned up. Only their bodies. God didn't want any mistake. This was no backfire off the altar. I mean, you know, it wasn't an accident. I mean, this is my judgment. You remember some other guys got thrown in the fire? They were, their hands were bound. Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. The fire there could only release their bounds. Why? Because they were obedient. They said, King, if we bow, we will burn. But if we don't bow, we can't ever burn. And they were cast into the fire. And the only thing that was consumed was their bands that held them together. Because they were obedient. But if they were disobedient, huh, they would have been consumed. You see, nothing wrong with the fire. It's the same fire. What's the difference? The material is put in it. 
If it's disobedient material, it gets consumed. If it's obedient material, it gets refined, purified. There's a difference. He made an example of them. Their God is said to be a consuming fire, Deuteronomy 4.24. The New Testament says that our God is a consuming fire, Hebrews 12.25-29. An awesome thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Now, is this a special case? We've ever find it in Scripture. You remember Paul the Apostle told the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 10, 30, around verse 30, 29 to 32. He says, some of you are sick, some of you are dead because God has wiped you out, not discerning the Lord's table. Does God kill Christians? Absolutely. Takes them home. And 1 John 5, 16 says there's a sin unto death. I pray that you don't pray for that. Let it go. When is that? That's the place where people reach and God says, that's it. Don't pray for them. I'm going to take them out of here. They're out. They've gone too far. So God gives us these warnings throughout Scripture. Now, we want to look at the sin ignored by others in Scripture. Remember, the sin is disobedience. You remember Cain? Cain thought he could worship God in outward formality and ritual with an impure heart. Just jot the scriptures down in Genesis chapter 4, verses 1 through 7. He speaks about coming, and, and you know, his brother offered a sheep, and he offered that of the, of the land, the fruit of the land. And people say, well, it was because God honored blood, and, 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 and Cain offered the fruit of the ground. No, not so. First of all, Leviticus 5.11 says they could offer one-tenth of an ephod of fine flour for a sin offering. So you could offer that if you wanted to. Okay? You say, well, the law wasn't given yet. You're right. But let's just assume that that was also there without us knowing it. But the commentary is in 1 John 3, 10 through 12, and it says that Cain was the wicked one and his works were evil. That's why God didn't honor it. Did not God say in that context of Genesis, Cain, why is your countenance fallen? If you do well or good, will you not be accepted? But sin lies at the door. Be careful. The phrase in the Hebrew there, sin lies at the door, is like a ravenous beast ready to leap upon its prey. Watch it. Sin is right there. You give it an inch, boy, it'll take you and wipe you out. You better turn from it. You better repent. And you better confess it. And you better get close to me. Cain didn't deal with his heart. He didn't deal with his sin. And it destroyed him. Disobedience. Hard attitude. You remember Korah. Korah thought he could accuse Moses and Aaron of controlling the priesthood and still honor God and worship him in Numbers chapter 16. You guys take too much upon yourself. Are you the only holy ones? Does God only speak through you? Look at how many of us there is in Israel. Moses says, well, I don't know, but let's ask God. Now all you guys get away from these evil men, their tent and everything, because, you know, God may do a weird thing today. God, if you've chosen us, then let the earth open up and swallow Korah, Nathan, and Abiram up. But if you've chosen them and not us, then swallow us up. Guess what happened? <laughs> His company was not small. 250 men were accompanying Korah in the rebellion. The first two verses of chapter 16 tells that. His sin and their sin 
was that they thought their charge of the work of the tabernacle was too small a thing desiring the priesthood, verses 3 through 11. They looked down on what God had called them to do. What has God called you to do? Do you look down on that? Well, I'm not up front. I just, in the prayer chain. Oh, man, what a tremendous responsibility. I just run off tapes. Man, you help people get the Word of God. I just come in and clean up the facilities before people get here. No one sees me. Great, God sees you all along. Do you despise the day of small things? That was coarse sin. He wanted to be more than God knew he could be. What is it that drives you? Envy? Jealousy? You need to be seen. Hmm. God swallowed Korah, Dathan, and Abiram as the earth split. And then he consumed the 250 men that were offering incense with fire. Burned them up. God answered them. They wanted an answer. God answered them. And so God told the priests and Moses to take the censers of those men of brass, hammer them out, and put them on the brass altar as a memorial for anybody who would presume upon the priesthood again. It was for the Levites. Nobody come near it. In other words, we are to be satisfied with what God has for us. Don't covet other people's things. You know, some of the most covetous people, materialistic people, are people who have nothing. They're always coveting other people's things. And there's some people that have all kinds of things. You know what? They don't live for it. They just, they share them, they use them, and that's it. And if they lose them, hey, the Lord gives, the Lord takes away. So it's not a matter of what you have, is it? It's a matter of what has you, your heart. You remember Eli's sons? They thought they could lead the people to worship God, not knowing God. You find this in 1 Samuel chapter 2 and 3. They didn't even know the Lord. And they thought they could lead people into the worship of God. They were corrupt, causing the people to abhor the offerings of the Lord. And they were laying with the women that were coming to the temple door. They didn't heed the advice of their father, or the advice of their father, the warning. Because the Lord, listen to this verse, 1 Samuel 2, 25. The Lord desired to kill them. <laughs> Ooh. They didn't obey their father because the Lord desired to kill them. In other words, they had gone so far. They had, they had been so irreverent. They had been so rebellious to God's revelation. God says, that's it. The line is drawn. I'm going to wipe them out. Remember Pharaoh? He hardened his heart. Too late. Can you go that far? Absolutely. It's all through Scripture. Does it happen today? I would assume it can. I'm not going to tell you it can't. Eli was guilty also because he honored his children above his God, in chapter 2, verse 29, and chapter 3, verse 13 says, You've honored your children above me. You have not restrained your children. He told them, he warned them, but he didn't restrain them. Let me ask you something, parents. Are your children under 18? Are they living at home? Are they into things that you know are wrong against God, and you don't restrain them? You just tell them, God will hold you responsible. You restrain them. What do you mean by restrain? You do everything possible to keep them from doing what they're doing. And that means that you're responsible for that home, they're responsible for the home they're living in, and if not, then they can't live there with me. You understand what I'm talking about? I will restrain them because I'm going to honor God above my children, and I love my children. 
but I'm not going to go along with the sin of my children. If they're adults and they're living their own lives, they know where I stand, I can't restrain them. They're adults, they have the relationship, but as long as they're living in my home, I will restrain them. Because you know what? I don't want to be like Eli. I don't want to get wiped out. There's no way. I want to obey God. You remember Ananias and Sapphira in the book of Acts chapter 5? They thought they could worship God through hypocrisy. Oh yeah, we gave all this money, we sold this land. They didn't have to give it. The land was there, the money was there. They didn't have to give it. But they put it off. Oh yes, Ananias gets wiped out. Sapphira comes in later on. Why did you lie to the Holy Spirit? Why did you lie to God? Wiped her out. I don't think one of us would be standing here if God worked the same way today. And I don't think there'd be an exception in here. Not even me. <laughs> but the warnings are there, aren't they? Disobedience robs God of His glory. You remember when Joshua went into the promised land, they took Jericho with no problem. And they moved on to Ai. And God says, don't take nothing of Ai. Dedicated to the Lord is going to be totally dedicated to Him. Burned up. Achan went in, got Babylonian garments, some gold, some silver, buried it. They came back all defeated. Joshua's on the ground. God says, get off your face. What are you doing on your face? They're sitting in the camp. He lined them all up. The lot fell on Achan. Achan came out. Listen to what he says. Joshua said to Achan, my son, I beg you, give glory to the Lord God of Israel and make confession to him and tell me now what you have done. Do not hide it from me. He hid it from him, not from God. Give glory to God. Make confession. But you say, he still got stoned. That's right. And I'm talking about stone being dead, not stone marijuana, okay? He got killed. <laughs> Wiped out. You say, well, that's not fair. He confessed. He sinned with a high hand. His confession was necessary because sin was brought into the camp. Israel, the whole nation suffered. It was confessed. It was cleansed. He died. Israel went on to victory. Give glory to God in your confession. Don't rob God of His glory. Hmm. Those are just some examples of Scripture. But in a very practical way, as we close, how is this sin repeated today? In what ways? Remember, the bottom line is disobedience to God's revealed Word. First, Extreme Pentecostalism that thrives on moving people emotionally by attributing everything to the work of the Holy Spirit of God and the gifts when in fact it is the work of the flesh, profane fire, contrary to Scripture. My God, decent and in order. And if you think I don't believe in the gifts of the Spirit, I can speak in tongues and I believe in the gifts. But you know what? When I'm before you, I teach you. The gifts are for today and they better be for today or we'll be in deep, deep trouble. <laughs> But they should work in your life so natural that God is working. The positive confession movement that boasts about their superior faith, their material prosperity, as evidence of spirituality. They declare themselves to be little gods. Profane fire. It's not scriptural. It goes beyond scripture. Beyond scripture. And people buy it left and right. Why? Because it brings attention to them. It brings benefit to them. It makes them look spiritual. It brings their prosperity. Why aren't they preaching this gospel to Ethiopia? Wouldn't work there. Only in a Western culture. 
That's not gospel. It's trash. It's an insult to God. It robs him of his glory and of his holiness. What's going on today? Profane fire. Profane fire. Let me tell you, when you go beyond Scripture, you've gone beyond. And you can't. It will bite you. Absolutely. Taking the worldly psychology of Freud and dressing it up in spiritual garb. Profane fire. Profane fire. Die to self. Get on that cross and live for Jesus. And God will give you back the years the canker worm has eaten and He will be glorified, not you. He will be glorified. But people don't want that. So they run to Christian psychology. The homosexual church movement who professes to be Christians without having to repent of their homosexual lifestyle. Profane fire. You're a homosexual? You're a lesbian? You've repented? Welcome to the family. Grow. You're still practicing? You don't know God, and God does not know you. Homosexuality is no worse than fornication. It's sexual sin. If you're a fornicator, and you're practicing it, God doesn't know you. You'll never see the kingdom of God. Strange, profane fire. What is the common thread through all these examples and these practices we see? Disobedience. Disobedience to that which God has commanded and revealed. The Bereans were more noble than Thessalonica in that they searched the scriptures daily to find out if those things were so. Acts 17, 11. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 21 says, Test all things, hold fast to what is good. You cannot add, you cannot take away from the Scriptures. Proverbs 30, verse 6, Revelation 22, verse 18 and 19, and Deuteronomy 4, 12 says that. Three places in Scripture, don't add, don't take away. It should be enough if he says it one time. He has said it three times. Let me read you something by Oswald Chambers in his devotion, The Utmost for His Highest, page 122. And it's entitled, Insight, Not Emotion. If we try to introduce the rare moments of inspiration, it is a sign that it is not God we want. We are making a fetish of the moments when God did come and speak and insisting that he must do it again. Whereas what God wants us to do is to walk by faith. How many of us have laid ourselves by as it were and said, I cannot do more until God appears to me. He never will, and without any inspiration, without any sudden touch of God, we will have to get up. Then comes the surprise. Why? He was there all the time, and I never knew it. Never live for the rare moment. They are surprises. God will give us touches of inspiration when He sees we are not in danger of being led away by them. We must never make our moments of inspiration our standard. Our standard is our duty. Good advice. Very good advice. Be careful of emotions, of those special moments. That's not how we live. The worship of God in disobedience is profane fire. It's very clear here. The warning is unmistakable. 
The warning has been ignored by many, and the warning continues to be disregarded in today's church. Mark it well. It applies to you and to myself. Pastor Xavier Reese reminds us of the importance of worshiping God from a pure heart and circumstances. And you can request a copy of today's important message from our study in the book of Leviticus titled, Disobedience is Profane Fire to God. As always, we're making it available on CD for just $4. And this will also contain what Pastor Xavier shared with us the last time we were together. The title to ask for once again is, Disobedience is Profane Fire to God. Or simply mention today's date when you write, Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make a request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And it's important that you tell us the call letters of this station when you contact us. Now be sure to tune in next time as Pastor Xavier Reese brings us more important simple truths from his study in the book of Leviticus. Hope to see you then. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California www.calvarychapelpasadena.com 